Welcome back to Unemployed with Anna Roisman. Guess what? It's not a lie today. I'm unemployed. No, uh, I've been freshly unemployed as of like since Friday. Brian, can you believe it happened again? Um, you asked me this already, and I, know. I said like kind of like it's it's your it's your thing. <laughs> it's my brand. Yeah, it's you your always thing. saw this coming. Well, I mean. It, it goes well with the show. Yeah. Wasn't I calmer though when I was employed? Wasn't I like a nicer human being because I knew I could pay my rent? I mean, I, I feel like you, you're the same when you're unemployed or employed. You're always like hungry and looking for other things. Not like hungry for food, but I'm like hungry probably for hungry for food too. I mean, yeah, there's, a, there's dill chips. <laughs> They're good. Yeah. No. I, yeah. That's the, that is the thing. When, I, when you have a job, you're still looking for other we're, we're creative people. We're still going to audition or write packets or whatever. It's like, if something better comes along, bye. <laughs> I got to take that. Um, I'm very excited for today's episode. <sighs> I'm I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm back in the zone. Um, <laughs> she's a very funny comedian. My friend for a very long time. Yes. She, you're very successful. I've known you since before, I would say, you're, you took off. Uh, yeah, as we when say I was in a the huge biz. failure, you knew me. I knew you as a huge failure. And you're now. still nice to me, so <laughs> I know it's I real. I always liked you. You're, she's a real person. That's what I like about her. Um, but you know, I, I have to do the proper intro, Okay. <laughs> She's a comedian. You know her from Sorry About Last Night. She is actually one of the queens of podcasting. If this is an art form, she is like, you're like the head of the podcast, in my world at least, with Guys We Fucked, the anti-slut anti shaming podcast on Luminary. Hello, hello, Luminary. I was going to say, hello, paywall. <laughs> no, hello, Luminary. Um, also, you can buy her book, right? You got mm -hmm. a book called yeah. Fucked, Being Sexually Explorative and Self-Confident in a World That's Screwed. Oh, perfect for me. Also, you have two other podcasts. I know Two Less Lonely Girls. Girls yeah. That is your stalking Justin Bieber-ish podcast. That's on hiatus right now, but the whole two years of like really oh, yeah. fun content is <laughs> available in the archives. For all the believers. Yes, exactly. The believers. The believers, yes. Um, yeah, and wait, you have one more. Yeah, uh, I have a pretty brand new one with Joe DeRosa called Without a Country that we also record live at The Stand Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Uh, and that's like more news politics, just kind of exploring the insanity of the news stream from the perspective of two liberals gone rogue. And we just... Uh, like compare news stories from the perspective of the extreme right and the extreme left and find something sensible in the middle. Is the news crazy right now? Is that why? Just it's, it, oh, it, <laughs> I made Brian laugh. It always is like, we'll do like a Breitbart, like they'll both be, it'll be two articles like Breitbart and Vice, for example, covering the same news story. And we'll see how vastly different it is depending on where you get your news. It's been really yeah, fun. I love and it. And it's like a fun, it, it's encouraged me to read the news and like not want to pull my hair out because then I know me and Joe are going to be able to rip it apart publicly. It's so smart. It's so Yo. smart. It's Corinne Fisher. Hello. I didn't even properly say your name. It's Corinne. Hi. Hi. I love that though, because you're, you're like, I'm reading the news, but I have to make jokes about it now. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I don't. I really like it. And Joe's so smart and I, I, I admire his perspective and he's like one of the comedians I aspire to be. So I always feel like I tricked him into doing the podcast. And then we Aww. were like drunk at a party yesterday and he was just like, I feel like I tricked you into doing the podcast. And I was like, let's hug forever. This is a beautiful friendship. This is I a beautiful story. I'm so glad we got him back from Los Angeles. Like after years of him living there, I was like, we got you back. And he lives like a block and a half from me, not even. So it's very, very exciting for That's me. That's so cool. I have to come. I want to come and see it. Please do. Guess Absolutely. what? I have Tuesday nights uh, open again. So 
and I can Wednesday come. and Thursday. Yeah, yeah, wow. it's weird. Yeah, oh I'm gonna see God. you more. I'm oh. gonna because you're you're out at night. Hell yeah, I'm out <laughs> at night. I'm out at night. I'm up all night. Yeah. You were just telling me your work schedule, which was yep. you were like, why are people surprised you're in bed at one? Yeah, I like to get I like to get out of bed around 1:15 p.m. and then stay up until. Usually when the sun rises around, you know, sunrise, maybe 10 a.m. Sometimes I'll stay up as late as, yeah, it's, I, I like to work when the whole world is quiet. Mm -hmm. And then when the, you know, construction starts outside the apartment I just purchased, which will seemingly be going on for months. Um, <laughs> and then it goes, oh, maybe that's why he was selling. Um, <laughs> then She's got a really good deal, but it's gonna be four <laughs> years until you can appreciate it. <laughs> then I like to go softly into a slumber. So it's nice. That's beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Um, oh, man. So I want to talk to you about your job history. Okay. Obviously, you're a full-time comedian now. That I is am. what you do. Yep. You say comedian. You don't say podcaster. I certainly don't. <laughs> do people put that, like, I'm a podcaster? Do people say that? Uh, yeah, I think people do. And some people are, like, primarily a podcaster. I certainly, listen, I'm not going to, you know, bite the hand that feeds me. I certainly understand where most of the money is coming from. But I also have made a substantial amount of money from touring as a stand-up comedian. Yeah. So, and my book deal with Christina, we made a lot of money from that. Just money everywhere. No. Um, <laughs> That's why I invited her here. Please take me to dinner. <laughs> like, do you need $5? No. Uh, yeah, and, and so, and I just think it's important uh, to always refer to myself as a comedian because it's like that's how people will see you yeah it's just like I have a BFA in film directing and then everyone forgot and so I just started talking about it non-stop and I was like someone will then hire me as that and it happened yeah it's like the secret just put it out there into the world yeah I say comedian even though I've been a host primarily for the last year and a half right. I still consider myself a comedian right and I think it's good also like when you're like a very pretty girl like you like you need to Corinne you, you, people would just assume you're an actor and you're like no but a comedian to me says no I'm like skilled <laughs> First of all, thank you so much. All I heard out of all of that was I'm pretty. <laughs> Not to shit on actors, but like the problem is like, obviously there are very skilled, amazing actors, but too many people are actors who are unskilled and then it's yes. fucked up the, the, the name, uh, the title for everyone else. That, yes. So comedian, now more people are trying to be comedians who just aren't good at it. But right now I think it's still... <laughs> It's there so are less. a lot of people who do one open mic and they put their like resume changed. I am a stand-up comedian. Now. Yeah. And the part of the reason for that is like I blame managers and agents because they want you to take like one UCB class because <laughs> casting directors love to see it. Yeah. But you'll see that more in Los Angeles than in New York City. Because in New York City will shank you if you come into our space and <laughs> we, we don't feel that like you should be there. <laughs> Please Allegedly. welcome me back to the stand. <laughs> I have to do comedy now that I have no job. At hell night. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. I gotta get in. I gotta get on more shows. It was weird. Because Matt and I talked about this. It's mm -hmm. like, because we're so used to, you, you love having an audience, but what we did, you had to make jokes in front of an empty room. Oh God. So it's so satisfying now to get on a stage and I'm like, even if it's not an amazing set, I'm like, oh, they're laughing. Yeah. I made, I got to laugh. I got to hear people drinking. <laughs> the clank, yeah. yeah. They can cry for all I care. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Sometimes my audiences do, so that's good. <laughs> it did make a girl cry once. What? Yeah, I don't know. I have a sensitive audience. I can't, but- did you make her cry because she was like so starstruck and she was like, correct. That has <laughs> happened. Um, but no, this was because, uh, it's, you know, three white claws in something that I said offended her, <laughs> even though it wasn't about her. But that that is the most reason people are offended. That could happen. Something just not about them at all. Comedy is subjective, you know? <laughs> Take it or leave it, honey. <laughs> I hope you were like, sorry, bye. Yeah, I was like, can get this bitch a tissue. <laughs> I was like, can someone get her out of the room? Because this crying is really ruining the mood of the show. Oh, God. <laughs> 
All right, so let's start from the beginning. Obviously, okay. BFA in film directing. Yes, very fancy. Film perfect. Directing. Yeah, uh, she's that is that is a choice. That is, you were not an acting major. No, you were like no. I went to a proper art school, so like acting wasn't even um, on that. That wasn't even offered. I did take it. I love it. I went to the School of Visual Arts in Manhattan, um, which sounds like a fake school, but it's actually a pretty no. Prestigious I love SVA. Art school. We have our. Yeah. I do I host my film festival at SVA. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's it's right. So fun. I love that. The I lo I had a, such a great experience there. That was my first choice school. I I went there and I walked through the doors and I go, oh, this is where I need to be. I got just, it felt right. Yeah. And it truly was like some of the most amazing time in my whole I've life I've worked so far. with a lot of people who've come out of SVA yeah. and like DPs and yep. stuff. And I'm like, they are some of the most talented people I've ever met. That's that's kind of what the school is known for. It's known for like, NYU is known for like the, the rich people who understand <laughs> kind of like, if you go to Tisch, like you're, you're, Rich, you know people and you can get right into like directing. Did you go to NYU? No. Oh, you're like laughing like you I'm went. laughing because you've squeezed in rich every time. They are though. They I are. Know. For the most part. And like they already know people. So you can graduate and get right into directing. Because yeah. to get right into directing, you have to know someone. But SVA is kind of where they make like the cinematographers, the editors, the people who have like a skill, but don't really have those like huge, huge connections yet. Yeah. But SVA, like they put me the places I wanted to my number one goal was to be an intern for Michael Moore and I got to be in uh, my first on-screen credit is in Sicko, Michael Moore's film. So, so cool. I fucking did That's it. That's like sick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I just had to. Brian, if you're gonna judgment. Be, Brian, yeah, Brian's face just was like, Anna, quit now. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yes, yes. It was, I, I love, you know, I love setting a goal and achieving so, that goal. Okay, so you graduate from college and were you like, what do I do now? I, do With, I do uh, comedy or? No, comedy wasn't um, on the table just yet. Like I, I loved comedy and I was a huge stand-up comedy fan. I would say starting like my senior year in high school, I was really reclusive because I was just so sick of my my peers and of New Jersey. And I was like, get me out of here. I'm meant to be in this city. Like this town doesn't understand me. I'm too big for this town. And I was right. I mean, kind of, I was voted most unique out of a class of 620 people. Most unique. It's a nice way of saying freak show, get her out of here. <laughs> and I understood that at the time and that's fine. Wait, can I tell you, we didn't have like superlatives like that. Oh yeah. But there was a mean, there was like a mean book of superlatives. Oh yeah. And do you know what I got? This is so sad. I would Someone love to Someone wrote Anna Roisman and Brendan. That was my gay best friend in high school because we did all the musicals. Anna and Brendan will both become Broadway stars and or like it's Anna and Brendan will fail on Broadway and cry into their pink Prada bags. <laughs> That's so specific. I Anna. know. Yeah, but like, you got a Prada bag, so it's not bad. So and I cry into it every day. No, I was just like, that's what they thought of me. Just like, like oddly specific, really. <laughs> like they've been thinking about it for too just long. Pick and choose. All I saw was Prada, Broadway. Fine. Exactly. <laughs> Filter that out in your own mind, girl. Yeah, thank you. Oh, God. You know what I got? What'd you get? Class comedian. Really? Yeah. Brian, you don't talk. I know. It's like you're so you're so quiet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Oh my God. But that's I, why if you're quiet and then every once in a while you come out with a zinger. Yep. Yeah. Oh, timing no, like, timing is everything. I, I was like ridiculous in high school. Really? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. And then detention like you moved all here and the got time. Quiet. <laughs> okay. Back to you, Corinne. This is her episode. Remember you were like, I'm going to say two things. This is like the Brian show now. <laughs> um, okay. So you, 
where were we? You oh, you liked stand up superlatives. I'm a weird person. Right, get um, the fuck out of New Jersey. Come into the big city. Yeah, I came into the big city, and I, I so I graduated a college, and I was living with my roommate Vicky, who is now a female drag queen, which is like called a bio queen, doing really well. Cool. I guess there was great vibes in that apartment. Um, but uh, I was hired within like three and a half weeks, and Vicky will tell you the way I acted. I was one of my first friends to get a after job after you graduated. After Three and a half weeks. Yeah. I was pacing the apartment nonstop. Like I just kept submitting things like because to me having three and a half weeks where I truly had no school and no work to go to, to me was insane. I had, that was the longest I had ever gone since I had started school besides obviously like like summer vacations. But during summer vacations, my mom was putting me in art camps. She was making, like I was reading books. We were going on educational vacations, which is the only kind of vacation I had had experienced up until like. Like, yeah, that's like, I have a joke that I don't know um, in my act about like me not knowing how to have fun because I've only been on educational vacations. Can you just give me an example of what an, what's an educational vacation? Like going to Baltimore to go to the house where Edgar Allan Poe wrote The Raven. And that was, your mom that was, was my like, vacation. we're going to spring break. Yeah. And that's where you went. And in the car, <laughs> do you think where we were, we were coloring or listening to music? No, we were doing brain quest. What? And it was like, if we got the answer wrong, like it was actually taken very seriously. We had very different vacations. Yeah, I always say, and I don't know, this is probably problematic, but I don't give a shit. Um, I had an Asian upbringing, even though I'm very white. (laughs) Yeah, yep, 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 yep. My parents took us to Vegas when I was in second grade and made me see Siegfried and Roy at like 11 p.m. and I fell asleep. (laughs) And they were like, these were expensive tickets, like stay awake. And then my parents like went out and partied all night and like left us alone in the hotel. Oh my God, I love it. That was our vacation. And we were like, where's the pool? Like literally, <laughs> it was like my parents wanted to just go away and they're like, fuck, we had three kids, but we'll just drag them to Vegas. <laughs> my mom did that to me once. She was obsessed with Josh Jackson from Dawson's Creek. <laughs> and so she like, we she just goes, goes, oh, we're going on vacation to Wilmington, North Carolina this year. <laughs> and then like, like, like hour by hour in the car ride as it went by, I realized that that's where Dawson's Creek shot and that she had hired me, that she had signed me up to be an extra on the show. So I was working on my vacation to get this bitch on set to meet Josh Jackson because it's a right to work state. The smartest thing your mom ever did is she called everything a vacation. (laughs) She just saw that word and was like, I'll just do what I want with it. Oh my God. <laughs> That's yeah. a buzzword for kids, right? They'll be excited. Yep. And then they're just, she's just like putting you to, on yeah, the payroll. She, she le- And then she left me in the hotel room and like went down. Cause like she knew all these, like she knew had inside scoop. So she knew like where the actors were hanging out. And like, she went down to like drink with them. I'm like 15 at the time. <laughs> she just leaves her cell phone and she's like, call your boyfriend. And I was like, who I had also met on the set of Dawson's Creek. Cause I think, what? I think this happened twice. I think she actually, I think she tricked me into going to Wilmington to North Carolina, not once, but twice. Wow. I'm a gullible, stupid lady. (laughs) You're like, is this another one of those vacations, mom? (laughs) Is this a fake vacation again? Yeah. She's like, yeah, put on a face of makeup. (laughs) Yep. 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 Wow. Okay. So three and a half weeks of unemployment. Wow. Boohoo. And then you got a job. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like I wasn't, I mean, I deserved, I I was also hustling harder than my friends. (laughs) So like, 
not to be rude, but like I put in more work. Than I just them. say boohoo because I'm like, wow, I've gone through th- years. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can't imagine what three and a half weeks is like. Yeah. That's vacation. Yeah, no. And I, so I wasn't enjoying any of the time off, which I should have. But uh, I got hired at uh, a place called Lieberman Entertainment. It's a talent management company. Uh, they most famously represent Lin-Manuel Miranda. Wait, we've never talked about this? Well, the thing is, is, is I've known Lin so long that I've I've known him long before he was the level of famous he is now. He Like when I started working there, he had only kind of just created In the Heights. And but it, wait, yeah. I want to tell you one thing. Brian yeah. Liebman, my yeah. cousin Rachel is married to his brother, Scott. Rachel Liebman is my cousin. How oh, weird. Oh, I don't, yeah, I didn't so know So when you that. say Liebman Entertainment, I'm like, no, I, I know them. I'm like yeah. kind of related to them in a, yeah. a weird way. That was my first job out of college. And uh, that's cool. He usually, he said he usually only hires people with ex- like more experience out of college. But I had such a, a like a great roster of uh, internships on my resume mm-hmm. that he was like, I'll take a chance on you. And also I did like all the right things like that a Jewish girl, number one, I let him know, made sure he knew I was Jewish in the interview because sure, yeah. I'm an Italian Jew. So sometimes I got to like, I always drop something so that they fucking know. Got it. It's That's co- smart. I call it being a convenient Jew. <laughs> I think it's really important. Like if you're interviewing <laughs> with a Jew and you're Jewish, but people don't always know that you're Jewish. Yeah. Um, you got to let them That's know. That's a good tip. That's a very good so tip for all the Jewish people who listen to this podcast. Inside chosen people info. <laughs> it's like on stage too. You know, when you have a crowd, you're like, oh, they're going to want to know I'm Jewish yeah. off the off the bat. Yeah. Sometimes you got to <laughs> let people know. Yeah. So I let them know I was Jewish. And then I also, I do, I do a quick scan. This is a real insidey tip. I can't, I never even told anyone this before. I did, I did a quick scan of his office because you can really, if someone decorates properly, you can quickly take in their interests. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not lying. It's just what, information am I going to selectively release? Yeah. And I, it was very apparent that he was obsessed with baseball. Well, ring-a-ding-ding, my dad owns a baseball card store. So I made sure to work that in. So cool. But in a way where I'm not like, oh, you like baseball, my dad owns it. Like you have to, you have to just, you know, smooth it into the conversation. Yeah. Very smart. Mm-hmm. That's really smart. So I let him know those two things, wrote a thank you note, know, was hired, you know, within like three days. Perfect. Got to let him know. You got to, I was like, I can do this. I knew it. (laughs) And he was also a young boss. Like he was in his, like, he was like under 35 or around 35 at the time. And so it was a young energy in the office. So that's also easier. It's just easier, even though it it was completely professional, still like a heterosexual woman, uh, you know, uh, I was going to say auditioning, but interviewing for a job (laughs) with a heterosexual man. There is just like that natural energy that's a little bit easier to kind of dive into, um, I think. Cool. It depends. How long were you there? Uh, five years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you did see the rise of Lin-Manuel. I did. I did. <laughs> and I knew about Hamilton. Year- he was working on that for like eight years. I knew about it so long before anyone else. Yeah. Um, and it was really cool because Lin, he, Lin was a, one of the, the people I loved watching the most because his work ethic was all, always really impressive. And like people knew he was going to pop. The You know, the people on the inside who knew about Ham- Hamilton, they knew it was something really special. Yeah. Um, but he was like saying no to tons of auditions and opportunities along the way because he was so focused on making Hamilton what he knew it could be. And so moving forward when I was doing like little shows, yeah, or like little (laughs) one person shows, like I would actually take off of other things so I could put my blinders on because that was like just the skill I learned Mm -hmm. from Lynn just by watching him. It's not like he was like sitting down and- That's really smart though. Having chats with me. Especially when we're freelancers and we're creatives, you think like- take every opportunity. Oh, you, I should do four shows tonight and this and that. And like, yeah. And then sometimes I get to these shows and I'm like, where the fuck am I? Right. Why am I doing this? I could have been doing something. I I set a goal for myself for that. Like I could have been doing that. So yeah, it's hard to 
yeah. to pick. It depends. You have to know because I also, there is also in Kathy Griffin's book and she's one of my idols is- I love her. Yeah, she says she says before you're famous, um, she's like, say yes to every opportunity. So I do live like that a lot. But then once you reach a certain level of success and you have something that you know once it's created, people will be just- interested in because it is coming from you, then that's when you put the blinders on. Yeah. So that's how I kind of navigate that. That's cool. Thank you for saying yes to this because yes. you, are, you are famous. Well, there's also people that I just, people that now I will say, always say yes to. As, I, and you are one of those people, like people who you. were like nice and cool before any of this. Yeah. Is, thank you. And believe me, I'm petty as fuck. So there's a list in my head. Yeah. I it's know weird. everyone. It was very weird this week. Just learn like, the texts I got, like who texted me about losing my job. And yeah. I was like, you were never championing for me when I got my job. Like you exactly. were all of a sudden you're happy. I'm back at zero. Like, I don't know. It was a very weird, I know mm-hmm. people are doing it to be nice or like it's for themselves. I don't know. I don't know how to, feel, how I, there were a lot of weird messages. You can sniff it out. It's yeah. very, I actually have so much respect for people who are always mean to me and are still mean to me. <laughs> I really do. I'm like, well, you've you've picked a side and you're saying on it. And I really do appreciate that. I right. Have- they're not all of a sudden like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, you have a little bit of fame. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I bet you've seen those. Oh, my God. I, re- I respect that so much. It's like, yeah, I'm not for everyone. <laughs> I really understand that. I'm a very acquired taste. <laughs> all right. So you're there for five years mm-hmm. and you were like, I don't want to go into management or. It's weird. Like, the honestly, world. the first week I knew because I had I had actually thought it was a it was a possible career for me because I, Entourage was very popular at the time. Mm. I was obsessed with the business. I am a bossy person. And basically to be a good manager, like as Kris Jenner has shown us, <laughs> you don't have to like know the business. You just have to know your clients and you have to be someone who's going to fight at all costs and be mouthy and bossy. Yeah. I'm an Italian Jew from Jersey. This is the perfect job for me. And I'm the oldest yeah. child. TBH, I'd mm. hire you as my manager. Thank I know you. you would fight. Yeah, I am really good at, good at the job. The only thing, the problem with me in management is that you have to be really um, uh, motivated by money and the success of others. And those are two knocks against me because I uh, very openly uh, root for the failure of others in the same industry as me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like everyone's just like, I'm just so happy. No, I'm not happy for anyone um, <laughs> except for myself. Uh, and I think it's a, really just a can of bullshit people say that like when, oh. like if my friend friend is like in basketball or something you know the sure. career of basketball yeah I'm like, that's yeah, what they say that's keep what going. they call it. it depends like if it's something that I'm not like, like I don't want great yeah or if it's someone who I've just seen like really really work for it like then I'm excited but you know overall I'm just really put my blinders on and I really just need to succeed at all costs yeah but I'm not like trying I'm not but nothing immoral okay uh or yeah and or like ass kissy or getting things the wrong way I I always say like I've only slept with people who um could only make my career worse if it got out (laughs) so that's very important for me um, never, I've literally so never. So brave. Thank you for taking one for the team. <laughs> I've, never, I've never slept with anyone who could help me. That's a hundred percent. They're for out sure. there. <laughs> damn, for damn sure. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I work, and I, so, and I, 
And, but like week one, I was like, I could tell this isn't the job for me, but I was good at it for a, a many years, especially like I went through a, uh, a breakup during that time with, with Frank, who would ultimately become the impetus for guys we fucked. Mm-hmm. And thank God for that job because it really kept me from going crazy. Cause I was, I was so sad Aww. and I was able for me, I was re- able really to focus so hard at work and just kill it. Yeah. There was two years when I was just killing it so hard because if I wasn't killing it at my job, I would have just had time to think about how deeply sad I was yeah. uh, about getting dumped in a Panera bread. So, wow. Wow. Woof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you ever so ate there? It was great. Oh uh, yeah, I do now. But <laughs> there was like a, two years when I w- refused to I get eat that. there. Um, and which was sad because I love their soup, but um, yeah. She's a soup lover. You're yeah. You're officially number one guest on the pot. You know, I, I make soups. It's a hobby Ooh. of mine. Yeah, I'm a soup influencer. It's actually- I've made soup. Do you do it in a crock pot? No, or? I do it in a regular pot. Really? Mm-hmm. I made a really good for Thanksgiving a couple of years ago, like um like a, like a sweet potato kind of bisque. And mm. I was really proud of it. I have leftover in my fridge. That was the last soup I made was a sweet potato soup. Oh my God, I yeah. love it. It was excellent. A little good sour cream. Thank yeah. Thank yes, you. Yes. Thank you. Sour cream. Yes. Thanks. Should we end this here? This was good. This was cathartic. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So you leave that job. You're a businesswoman. What's the next job you go to? Well, when I was at Lieben Entertainment, I really immersed myself in the comedy scene. Mm-hmm. And they had they were kind of grooming me to become a manager and to open a comedy section of Lieben Entertainment, cool. which I was down for. I kind of, um, I signed two clients to the roster, one being Nate Dern, the old mm. artistic director of... Uh, yeah, Upright UCB. Citizens Brigade. And because I really f- do feel like my- Is he on Fallon now? He's on a late show. He was he's he was consistently doing well. Like I was really yeah. proud of that sign um, because I just really do feel like I have a good eye for talent. Like I cast Amy Schumer in my junior year I thesis film. Yeah. Like I do truly feel like I see things in people before like other people see it. Mm-hmm. Like, because I can take away like the unpolished or like that someone searching for their voice and go, no, they have it. They just need someone to help them hone it. It's like, a little bit chaotic right now. Do you see anything in me? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, good. <laughs> I kind of wouldn't, I kind of wouldn't have showed, like showed up if I didn't, you know? It's like, you know, some people who just been trying too long and you're like, you don't have it. Oh, God. That's why I, I actually, like when I, and I, and I know I just said, I'm like, I'm so not happy for everyone. But like when you and Matt got um, HQ, I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is kind oh, of. thank you. Because I never, I never really understood like when you were unemployed, I was like, I even remember on your show, like sitting down, I'm like, Anna, what are you doing? Because I was like, there has to be something you're doing because to make yourself not employable because you're very employable in my eyes. Um, And then I also signed Jocelyn DeBoer who just did a a feature film. Oh yeah, they went everywhere with that film. That's so cool. Greener grass. And so I do stand by the fact that I know, I know talent. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I just kind of signed them over to another manager there, pass them along. I think Nate stayed and maybe Jocelyn, we were just freelancing with and she moved to LA anyway. Um, but yeah. And, uh, so I'm, I started taking like classes at UCB at the end of that and just kind of got a little distracted and mm-hmm. was out late doing comedy. And then I just knew like I, I had to leave. Like my boss called me in for a meeting, uh, and I knew I was in trouble cause I had just, you know, when you become unfocused and your work ethic yeah. just suffers a little bit. And we kind of both agreed. I was like, I'm not happy here anymore. I'm, I'm, I, and we just had a conversation and we were done. 
and we were done and we set a date and it was, it was as amicable as it could be. Mm -hmm. Um, and like I saw, I saw Brian and the gang recently. They, I went to the opening of Freestyle Love Supreme. So good. Yeah. Chris Sullivan invited me. He was a client there. Most of half the like Freestyle Love Supreme is clients at Liebman. Yeah. And, uh, I, I chatted even with Lynn for a little bit. He like remembered who I was. I was like, thank God. (laughs) Um, (laughs) he was always very nice though. That's good. And, uh, yeah, it was so good. Like it was a really, it was a good time in my life and I, June, like I used the skills I learned there to then ultimately uh, manage me and Christina in our comedy duo, Sorry About Last Night. And also I I met Christina at Liebman Entertainment. So Liebman Entertainment for me is the start of so much good in my life and so many skills and such an overview of the entertainment business. And I feel really fortunate a lot of the time I was working there, Brian was like a single guy. And so again, like completely professionally, but then stuff, but he would take me not as his date, but like he would take me to a lot of events because like, yeah, he didn't have a girlfriend or a wife, you know, he he's married and with a kid now, but like, I was just kind of like his, his go-to because the other uh, man who worked there, the other manager, Corey Richmond, he had a, a wife and kids and stuff already. Right. So he had to go home and take care of them. And me and Brian were like, open bar, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we were out and we were able to network because right. it was a time in our lives when we just didn't have those responsibilities at home and we could go out and take the time to have a drink with people, which is such a big part of connecting with people in this For business. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that's half of our job we do now. <laughs> yeah, that's why half of us are alcoholics. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, it's it's like thrust upon you. Everything is, do you want to have a drink? Do you want to have a drink? Do you want to meet for a drink? Do you want right. to you know? My friend who's not in our industry. Yeah. She, the other week, I was like, wow, we had lunch or something. And she was like in like workout clothes. I was like, don't you have to go back to work? Yeah. And she was like, oh, well, I have like a rumble date. And I was like, what? Like a work meeting, like where we would say, hey, let's go get a drink. Yeah. She was going to rumble the boxing. Yeah, class yeah, yeah, yeah. And then smoothies. And I was like, that's, she's like, it's with a client. I was like, you and your client do that? I was like, that's like a thing yeah. you guys do. Wow. Like, I think a comedian would let, if I'm like, do you want to just do, I mean, maybe not, but you know, someone you don't know that well. I'm like, do you want to come and sweat and then like talk to each other professionally after? A comedian would be like, do you want to shoot black tar heroin? Yeah. Like, <laughs> We, like, we have no. I said to Matt before, will you come to Soul Cycle with me now that we're unemployed? And he's like, no. <laughs> Actually, he said, do I get to look at sweaty butt cracks? And I said, that's yes. true. I always feel like Soul Cycle would hurt a dick. <laughs> I brought my trainer there, who's a man, um, but I just I can't. I feel like it could must have uh, hurt his dick. That's really fucking funny. <laughs> oh God. Um, all right. So you start, guys. We fucked after Liebman Entertainment. Yeah, after Liebman Entertainment. So I had met Christina. Uh, I had always thought about doing stand-up comedy um, after she left. She was an intern because she's a couple years younger than me. Um, so she was an intern. And I just, I I always, you know, you, you take a look at people and I like, she was always very positive, very fun, and really actually did the tasks that I assigned to her in a timely and correct fashion. Sounds like she was a dope intern. Which you think would be, yeah, every <laughs> intern's doing that. No, mostly the interns are not doing any of that. Mm-hmm. Mostly interns are on their phones texting. And- um, um, so she invited me to a bringer show, which is like an early comedy. For those of you who don't know, you basically have to like l- make your friends and family pay to watch you not be good on stage. It's very fun. Um, That's the definition. Yeah. <laughs> and so I did. And it. buy two drinks. <laughs> and buy two drinks. So I, I went to Christina's uh, bringer show at Broadway Comedy Club, I think. And she was actually quite good. And 
you know, coming from management, I was like, she's pretty, she has a good work ethic and she's has a lot of talent, like a talent already that Mm -hmm. can definitely be honed. And I had been reading how to steal like an artist. So I was like, I had planned on, on getting into standup comedy anyway. And it always says to have an A project and a B project. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, at the time, like uh, things like Garfunkel and Oates were quite popular. Uh-huh. Like the female comedy duo was quite popular. And I was like, hey, do you want to like do a comedy duo with me? I feel like we would be good together. Yeah. Um, and she was like, hell yeah. And so we started Sorry About Last Night, which would later produce Guys We Fucked, but we did a lot of other things for four years before. We yeah. had a show at UCB. We um, had a monthly show at Brooklyn City Winery that had become quite locally popular where we got really big people like Hannibal Burris, Kevin Meany. These people were on the show very cool. early on. And uh, it just, yeah, we, we kind of like just had the local following, which was selling out, you know, 100 seats, which is pretty hard in New York because there's so much content. Yeah, every night. And um, yeah, and then after Frank dumped me, <laughs> I was I had th- been thinking about it for it's a year. It's funny when you say it because I'm like, I know Frank. You know him, yeah, yeah. He was like my friend and I knew him probably then. Yeah. Because we met around that time. Yeah, I met, I met so many people through Frank and through UCB. Yeah. And, um, and I, and I have no, I have no, uh, bad feelings against, I'm like, love him. He's been very nice throughout. Like I literally created an empire based on our breakup and he's been very nice about it. (laughs) So nothing but good things to say about him. Uh, and like we would ultimately like, we are not a good, we're not compatible anyway. Mm -hmm. So it kind of doesn't matter. Um, but yeah. And then, and then, uh, I had just been thinking for a long time and, you know, Mark Maron's podcast was very popular and I had this idea to help art get me through this deep pain that I was feeling. I was like, why don't we interview every guy we've ever dated or slept with and in a social experiment where we will learn more about ourselves. Because I had also been a little bit inspired by the show Nate Dern was on Beauty and the Geek, which they had always Mm -hmm. uh, sold as, quote, a social experiment. And I thought that notion of a social experiment was very interesting. And so that's what I wanted to do, but use ourselves as kind of... um, the constant and then the variables of yeah. the men. It's brilliant. It's and so funny. It and it's also like learning. Cause it's like, so it's like, it is sex. It is like this kind of raunchy Howard Stern thing. Like we did kind of pitch it as a Howard Stern for girls, but with a lesson in there. Like we always like a lesson or something to make yourselves better. And this yeah. was kind of long before woke culture was so in, yeah. um, <clears throat> which, you know, that's, that's causes more of a headache than help now. But <laughs> At the time, I was hoping that it would be a good, like a good thing, you know, because now it's just a, now it's just a vehicle by which people cancel each other. But yeah. at the time, like the intentions for us were very good, and like because I thought I was doing something wrong as a girlfriend, and then I very quickly learned it's like no, you're not doing something wrong for the most part. You're just dating people who are not the right person for yeah. you, and sometimes, especially when you are me, it takes a little bit longer. Yeah, uh, even so my it therapist was a good said, social experiment. Yeah, it you was. A lot. I learned very quickly that it wasn't me. And then the conversations were helpful and mostly it helped me to be a better communicator. Mm -hmm. Cause I have like, I'm a, I have a lot of masculine energy, so I'm not, or I wasn't at the time very in touch with my emotions. I'm still difficult, but I'm a lot better than I was. That's good. Yeah. And it's like, I have a time capsule now for I want to be like, can you stop crying now? (laughs) (laughs) As soon as she says that. Right. Whip out the tissues. Yeah. Aw. All right. So you start this. What are you doing to make money while you're starting the podcast? While you guys are like- so I, no. like the, literally the moment that I, the moment I 
left my job at Lieben Entertainment and I had the conversation with Brian in his office, I literally went back to my desk because I had a second job on hold knowing that the, this, t- I always knew that time would come. I just didn't know exactly when. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I like Facebook messaged, messaged a friend who kind of had this receptionist position at a spa waiting for me because I knew that when I left this job, which was so, uh, like took up so much of my time. Like I had a specific Blackberry just for this job. It was yeah. a full career. And I was also trying to pursue another whole career at night. I was just exhausted by that time. So messaged him. His name is Scott. Messaged Scott. And I said, hey, I'm ready for that. Is that receptionist position? Is it still open? Because I create these things in my head. I I was like, I want to be a receptionist at a spa <laughs> specifically. And I it's almost like I manifested it because I just said that to a couple people. And then my best friend, Tommy goes, I know a guy who manages a spa. Right. I'll see if there's an opening for you. And there was. So like, I, I'm, I'm constantly just saying, make, pulling these occupations and things that a thin air and I just keep talking about them and it's fucking New York you can find some I could say I wanted to be a chimpanzee trainer and I have no doubt I could have found that position so you always have to put feelers out just put put it out let people know what you want yeah you know let people know what you want and if they like you and if you've been a good person and a hard worker in their in their life and in their presence they will try to people do genuinely want to help or if they can help they want to offer you the help that that, that, that they can give they really do I think I always feel dumb when I put out things on Facebook or Twitter and I'm like looking for something, but I'm like, it's always helped me. Yeah, you shouldn't because people love to help because it makes them look good too. So, and no matter what the reason is, even if it's selfish all around, like it will happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then so I was, and then I, again, I got very quickly hired there mm-hmm. and that was truly probably my favorite job that I've ever had besides being a f- professional comedian. Also, did you get free massages? I mean, like- Sometimes, when, I got, when I got higher up and I was the head receptionist, yes, because we had to like basically interview, when you interview a massage therapist, you have to interview it by getting a massage and making sure they're good at it. Perfect. Yeah. And so they would send me a lot because the managers were too busy to take it and they knew that I knew enough about it. And it was great because I was like five plus years older than everyone else. So the job I could have done in my sleep and sometimes I did fall asleep at it. Sure, yeah. Uh, standing up like a horse because I was so <laughs> tired. And But I loved my coworkers and it was so nice to have that, you know, from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. every day to be around people who weren't in the entertainment business. I really think that's what got me through it. Yeah. Being around people who aren't in the entertainment business when you are trying to make it and being away from that negative energy that sometimes struggling artists can bring so to the helpful. table was so beautiful. Like I had coworkers with real problems. Like one of my coworkers' brother was in jail and they didn't know how to get him out. I'm like, that's the pro- that is what I need to be around mm-hmm. to put what I am doing into perspective. It's yeah. very helpful. Yeah. And I truly love them. And um, I loved working at a spa and I like l- loved learning about wellness and I've always had bad skin and I learned how to take care of it. Like it brought a lot of good into my life. You take a lot thankful. of uh, lessons from the jobs that you have. Like you, yeah. you seem to like, you've known yourself or you find the best parts of yourself in all of these jobs, no matter what they are. Well, yeah, if I, you spend so long in jobs, even if they're not the job you want, I can't imagine just hating it the whole time. Like I have to take something out of it that's positive. Otherwise, like I would have offed myself a long time ago. (laughs) You know, you just have to, you have to. That's good though for people listening. Cause I always say, if you're listening at your desk job or your day job and you like are miserable, like you gotta just find the, something good about it. Find something to do. Find someone to hang out with. Exactly, find someone, find a reason that you feel like fate has brought you there. Yeah. And even at Lehman Entertainment, like I was at, when you're at a computer job all day, you can get, you can write a little bit on the side. So oh, instead yeah. of looking at 
at your phone, looking at Twitter, whatever. You have a book, write it like write a piece of the chapter every day. You can get that done. Yeah. And it's so much better for your soul. And it also looks more like you're doing work than if you're on social media. Yeah. So that's the key. That's One of the pretty keys good advice. to She's, a desk job is looking like you're doing work like when you're, you're not. Work. You can do other things. Yes. Yeah. You can always do I was other very things. good at that, but yep. here we are today. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you one question before we're going to make a, we're going to call someone from Twitter okay. who is unemployed okay. and I feel like you're going to give them the best advice ever because I'm learning so much right now, I'm excited. but I do have one question. We had Christina on the pod Yes, and I, I can't get it out of my head. What was it like for you? Uh-huh. She meant, she, she said this when you, when you made money, when you were like, I'm done with my survival jobs. Right. I am, I'm making enough money to sustain myself as an artist and like, holy shit. It's funny because me and Christina are very different in that way. Uh, Chris, I'm like a lot more like safety net, like have stuff. And Christina's well, yeah. a lot more like kind of just like leave as soon as I get my first check, you know? And she'll- You were like paid your phone. <laughs> your roommates are like, you know, what is she doing? Right. And you're like- <laughs> so we're very, we're very different. And that's why we were well together because we're, we're two extremes on opposite ends. And then when you meld us together in, we, you, you found some sanity in the, in the center. Um, I do remember you wrote a post about it though. You I wrote did. a really, oh, yeah. like a hundred years ago. Yeah. Can you tell I watched our episode again? No. And you talked about what it was like to like finally like say goodbye to a survival. Like you're consistent. You can sustain yourself now as a comedian. Well, that was a special day. I remember that post and, and why I wrote it was because the last day I worked at Oasis Day Spa, shout out great spa. Um, the last day I worked as a receptionist at Oasis Day Spa, um, that later that night we were leaving to do our very first JFL, Just for Laughs mm-hmm. Festival, which is, you know, the most prestigious comedy festival around. Well, it's all over Canada. Yeah. Yeah. And JFL Montreal specifically though, that's the one we were going to. That was like the big big one. Big deal. Um, Where, you know, careers are changed. And I said, well, what I thought to myself, I was like, what a mat, like a, what a magical way to leave your job because I had nothing but good feelings about my, my Oasis Day Spa time. But I, and it was hard for me to leave. And I did, I worked there definitely a little longer than, I needed to financially because I want it. I, and still to this day, I always think this can go away at any time. Yeah. And obviously like I, you know, I, ha- I bought a home and I feel like confident that I can pay the mortgage, but like, you know, I only know my fi- financial situation for maybe the next one or two years, which is still a- incredible as an artist yeah. to even know that far in advance. I know like till Saturday. Exactly. And I totally hear like, I mean, Christina always shares the time when I gave her uh, like a Subway sandwiches coupon and she cried because it like enabled her to be able to afford lunch that day. So that's what we were doing. I mean, for many, I've lived in Manhattan for almost 17 years for 10, 10 plus years. Even I was making $19,000 a year, which to live in Manhattan, I don't even know how I did that. I don't. I was side hustling. I have a friend who's a web designer. I would write copy on the side for him. But I mean, there were times when I had to meet, God bless my gay friends, the only ones who ever had money. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on a corner and they would give me 250 bucks in cash. I would deposit it uh, so I could have my rent check not bounce and then get that Pay money them. back to them within a couple of weeks. Wow. And I'm really fortunate to have friends who were willing to do that. And but, I made sure to, now these days, like if those people ever need money, I'm not big into lending money. I think it's a problem in friendships, but those friends, I'll Venmo, I, Ven, I Venmoed one of them a thousand dollars the other day, like it was fucking nothing because yeah. I'm like, I will, 
you you guys have been my ride or dies and I would have been dead in a ditch the first 10 years in New York if they hadn't looked out. They're like, my gay friends are my guardian angels. That's great. And I, like, yeah. But like, you need those people. You need to have mm -hmm. people. You can't just do it on your own. You're not going to just be no. one day wake up and, you know, have like, it's it's so challenging. Yeah. But I'm so glad you had that like group, core group of people. And oh like, gosh, yes. And you'll forever be like indebted to that. Like you, it doesn't matter. Money doesn't matter. They're like your family forever. They're my family. And that's why like my, when I, we time, anytime we do charity, like one of my friends is the treasurer for this group called New Alternatives. I'm like, that's always where I'm giving my money to charity, like LGBTQ, just because they've been just so there for me in a yeah. way that no other group of people has. So, I love it. I love them. Yeah. Um, all right. So we are going to call, I obviously this is someone I've never met. Their name is Arden. Okay. From LA, I believe. And they're a mall cop. Okay. Which I've only seen in movies uh, okay. or probably when I was younger and went to the mall. And they said that they're um, they're not a good mall cop because whenever there's an actual problem, they have to call real police. Right. Which, I are they just like a model cop? I don't- They're I more really, the eyes and the ears of the mall, I would assume. I guess. But it's also on the third street promenade in Santa Monica, I think. So they probably see a lot of crazy shit. So- Ooh. Yeah. But I think they want to be a screenwriter. Okay. Hello? Hi, is this Arden? Yes, yes it is. Hi, it's your girl, Anna Roisman. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm loving, I'm laughing, I'm learning. <laughs> oh my I'm God. Great. You're a ball of positive <laughs> energy. I'm here with my friend, Corinne. Hi, Arden. Hi, Corinne. <laughs> How, so you're off today, right? You, do you have a job? I got to, I got to understand you're a yes. mall cop. I am a mall cop. I am a uh, mall cop for the uh, Third Street Promenade. Uh, that's not what we're called. I call myself a mall cop, but oh, uh, what's the problem? What's the technical <laughs> term? <laughs> because I'm functionally a mall cop. I, I ride a Segway and everything. I, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait. So, but what's the job actually called if it's not mall cop? It's like. It's a. It's called a. Uh, it's called a hospitality ambassador. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. What hospitality yeah. am ambassador? I'm yes. just thinking. Corinne uh, used to work in a spa. And I'm just thinking like someone laying on a couch, being like, "I have all the answers to your life." Yeah. <laughs> what? That sounds like a concierge. <laughs> yes. It, it, I mean, technically, um, technically, it is a concierge. Okay. Uh, it is a quote-unquote walking concierge service, oh, okay. uh, but I mean, it's... But you segue. Walking... Yes, it's, I have a segue, <laughs> and I do... <laughs> and I do have to ask people to leave. So Whoa. I say... That... <laughs> That's the hospitality. Can you go now? Yes. Are they hiring? Because I could use a job like uh, Yeah. <laughs> use... Uh... If you use my referral link, then I'll uh, get $200. <laughs> wow, okay. that's so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're giving people incentive to do this job. <laughs> scary. <laughs> Could you imagine, though, if I told the whole comedy community I'm moving to L.A. and they're all like, she booked a pilot. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to go fucking ride a Segway as an ambas uh, a hospitality <laughs> ambassador. <laughs> that sounds so much better than saying you're an actor moving to L.A. <laughs> yes. More promise, more financial security. Yeah. So Arden, what did you move to LA for? And if it's for uh, this, I mean, I, no judge. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I moved to LA. Um, I wanted to just do like anything, uh, 
in the entertainment industry. I uh, I went to film school. Uh, so you did know, Corinne. I, I'm, yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, what school? I went to SVA in New York City. Uh, what was that? SVA, the School of Visual Arts in New York. Oh, SVA. Got mm-hmm. you. Got you. Where'd you go? <laughs> I went to Emerson. Oh, uh, excellent film school. I went to BU. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at that. Us so like, East Coasters. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we all are on the East Coast. Not anymore, but we were at one point. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I moved out to LA uh, like about two years ago. And um, what happened was, was I... Uh, I had a job interview at my old internship, uh, which was in Santa Monica, and uh, I had to use the bathroom. Uh, so I went into a public restroom, and a large part of uh, our job is just like watching public restrooms to make sure like no one dies in there. Oh, wow! Uh, so <laughs> I uh, they were like, "Yeah, you should uh, apply and uh, be a mall cop." Uh, and I didn't get a job at my old internship site, but I did get a job at the mall cops. Wow. So, okay. Uh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a job's a job, baby. So I, I, I guess. <laughs> how long have you been there? Uh, I've been there like a year and a half, okay. like a year and a half. Yeah. Now, when you first reached out to me, when you first answered my tweet, I was very intrigued by the fact that you said you are not strong enough to physic like to, to physically take on the bad people, so you had to call a real cop for stuff, right? Which yeah. just made me wail. Um. <laughs> uh, no, that's entirely accurate. I mean, I uh, I, I know that there's no uh, like. Uh, <laughs> There's no way to get a picture of me on a podcast, but uh, <laughs> I just I am like I am like five foot eight. I am like 160 pounds. I am like oh a small yeah. boy. You can like, send me. Tiny- <laughs> you can send me a picture. I'll tweet it out. <laughs> You'll tweet it out, and it'll make sense. It'll sure. make sense. Uh, but I'm like small. And everyone who uh, I have to, like, ask to leave places is big, and they have a knife. So basically, all that it Sometimes they have a knife. No wonder they gave you wheels. They were like, Arden can't handle this on foot. Give him a fucking segue. (laughs) No, it's so true. Like, I, um, whenever, like, I have to go talk to someone now, like, I'm always on the segue. Just so, like, I, because it makes me feel powerful. (laughs) As it should. Wow. I would like one of those. I used to watch this old, there was like this old man with a cane and it was like right by my office. So I I don't know, I guess our commute time was the same, but every day he'd have a Segway with his cane and he'd be going down in a suit, going down Lexington Avenue. Wow. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) rolling. That guy gets fucked. It's cool as hell. It feels like you're flying. I I, am... I Maybe a, I should invest you know, in one now that I'm, you know, I have free time. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And it like takes like a day to learn. And then you can just like, I would, if I had a segue in New York City, let me tell you. <laughs> You'd be all over the fucking place. Uh, <laughs> all right. All over the fucking place. <laughs> so I want to know, you, obviously you went to film school. This is, this job is clearly not your, your dream career. You know what? It's a yeah. dream for a lot of us right now, though. Um, the way you're describing it, it sounds like fun as hell. Um, I want to know, I'm supposed to give you, we're supposed to give you a pep talk, some advice. So what is your dream job? 
Uh, I, I just, I want to be a writer. I want to, I want to write jokes. I want to do some sort of comedy writing thing. Uh, right now it's just kind of, uh, I'm just kind of doing the, the open mics, write sex scripts thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's kind of what I'm doing. Uh, that's what I would like to do. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So how regularly are you writing? Like, cause it's easy to say you're writing, but are you writing every day? Are you writing every week? Do you have a writing schedule? Yeah, I have like a I have like a set writing schedule. I usually uh, write mostly on Wednesdays and Thursdays okay. on uh, the days I have off. Uh, and I'm I'm, I'm uh, we kind of I, I kind of have something maybe in the fire, but I don't know. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I I, I definitely like feel like I should write more. Like every day, I feel like I should be. So do writing. I. We all feel but that. I'll, I think you're sure. gonna. Yeah, exactly. That. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I feel like I write, like, uh, like less than I should, uh, but more than a lot of people. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that you actually, if you're actually sticking to the Wednesday, Thursday, that's more than a lot of people. I mean, I think it's yeah. a good idea to create office hours and, you know, say as I, <laughs> do as I say, not as I do, because I certainly have been on and off office hours for a long time, but like office hours in your home where depending on if you're a morning person or a night person, set aside two hours, either when you wake up or before you go to bed where you're not on the internet yeah. and you are just sitting writing whatever it is that you want to write something towards either a script or jokes or whatever that is. And like, you're supposed to sit there, even if you have writer's block, um, sit there. And a good, a good thing I learned, and I think this might've come from my favorite writing book, which is Stephen King on writing. Um, and you don't have to be a Stephen King. I just, to like the book, I think it's a good book for all writers. It's my favorite. Um, Always yeah. stop writing when you still have more to write so that when you sit down the following day, you don't sit down to a blank page where oh, you have to good. like pull something. You can just continue where you left off and it really helps uh, push yourself into that second day of writing. I find that like a really helpful uh, little piece of advice that he shared in that book. That's great. Mm -hmm. I'm taking that yeah, tip really too. <laughs> yeah, I loved that one. You know, because there's always something that stays with you and that, that for, and but I mean, that book is also a pretty quick read. Like if you're looking for a little inspiration, that's definitely one of my favorites. I also feel like um, if you're not writing the scripted comedy pilot about being a mall cop in Santa Monica, you should be because I want to see that show. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just like, I, I don't know. I like, I need to find a way to balance the tone of that mall cop pilot. That's, <laughs> that's not only because it's such a sad job most of the time. Yeah, but you but have obviously- so bizarre. <laughs> it sounds like though you have found a way to enjoy it or appreciate it for what it is and you because you get comedy you're you can laugh about it and you can tell me about it and in a way that makes it so entertaining. I mean literally your tweets I was like I got a lot of these messages, you know, and I I feeled through them and I was like I'm sorry but the way that you described it is so good. So if you're not writing it yet, you know, keep it in the, in the pocket yeah, at least. Cause it's a, it's a, it's a time in comedy when, you know, it's not, you know, set up punchline joke, you know, all these kind of like very, like a kind of very prepared material. It's a time when people want you to 
overshare, spill your own guts. And like when you walk into a room to pitch something, they want the project to like be you. You're not a person in a suit. Like you are the project. So if you walk in with this mall cops, you know, script or pilot and you are a mall cop, you've lived that life to them. I think that's a much like sexier sell. For sure. Yeah. If I walk in, they're going to be like, why did you shop at the mall as a child? And I'll be like, yeah. I know a mall cop. (laughs) This one time at TCBY, they stopped me. (laughs) On a segue, they were like, get the fuck out of here. She's eating too many samples. That, that's maybe a true story. I don't know. Well, Arden, it sounds like you really actually have a very positive attitude for, you know, not being in your dream job yet. So I commend you for that. I, I really, I really appreciate it. It's hard to keep up, uh, but I, I, I do my best. <laughs> yeah. But Corinne taught me something on this episode. You got to manifest it. You got to think about where you want to be and just put it out there and write your way to it. You know what I mean? If you want to write books or scripts or screenplays, like ask friends, you know, to tell them to give you a deadline and make sure you get it done so they can read a draft and give you notes and collaborate. And it's always helpful to have that kind of like support and balance and... Yeah, and getting out there and like going to those open mics is a great idea because that's how you're going to meet people. And like the number one key besides having talent and like a good work ethic uh, is f- meeting those people and and making a good first impression on those people even in these early stages. Because the people who you meet now, a lot of them will drop out, but the but there will be a couple from this, you know, core group of open mics who will end up making it. And so if you were yeah. kind and good and open to them in the beginning, and that, that's not, you know, obviously that's not the reason you should be being kind to people, but if you are, <laughs> it will also end up <laughs> helping you later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's what I'm hoping. That's what I, I, I hope that I'm, uh, as uh, as effortlessly uh, charismatic uh, as I hope I am. Yeah. But I, I <laughs> And I submitting to things like, and, and like, like, like uh, all the, all the networks have like writing workshops and kind of fellowships and things like that. Like NBC has one. There's a, like a lot of diversity uh, programs. Mm-hmm. CBS. And you can just, find, you know, I'm like, I'm not sure exactly like what, who, like who you are as a human, but usually you can find something diverse about yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unless you're just like a straight white guy, then in, then in which case you can't. <laughs> um, sorry. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> then you have to murder yeah. someone. So you're diverse, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, find something. You're gonna be fine. Yeah, you you're good. And uh and okay. and liking your day job and making and and having it not be this like little rain cloud that follows you around is so important because I really did. I loved my like my day job that I had when I was working towards being a professional comedian and it made all the difference in the world. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, that's I don't know what I'm trying to do. It it's uh I, I try to enjoy it as much as I can. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I'm hitting my, uh, my tolerance point on it, which yeah. was why when I saw that there was a, uh, podcast where I could talk shit about it, <laughs> I immediately was like, honey, you I talk immediately was the like, shit. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm fucking ready. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> well, the people that. watching is a good way to probably create characters for things you're writing. I am. Um, you get to see so many people in a pretty like enclosed enclosed space, um, and like any opportunity you have to talk to people, you never know what someone is going to say that either inspires a move you'll make or a character you'll write. And I think that's a, yeah. a good thing when you're around so when you're having so many human interactions during the day, which I know can be exhausting. No, it's it's exhausting, but like I mean, you, you said it. I mean, it's just you. Every day, I I wind up writing a stand up joke about some random conversation of I've course. had at the mall cop. It's just it's inevitable. Yes, it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's the weirdest place on earth. It's the place where no one should go. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll come see you when I am in LA. <laughs> I know, I love that. Yeah. You're, I'm intrigued. Arden, thank you so much for talking with us. Hopefully we changed your yeah. life. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I honestly uh, feel like uh, my life has been changed. Oh. Uh, yeah, no. You don't have to say crazy. that. Thank you so much. <laughs> we'll Venmo no, you I, later. I, I, thank I, you. awesome. <laughs> but keep in touch. Let me know, you know, if you end up writing a script or, you know, doing jokes about it or whatever. Definitely keep in touch. You know, I already, we already DM'd on Twitter. So the door has been yeah, open. <laughs> We can, we can keep this going. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. And send me a picture of you on a Segway just for kicks. <laughs> Absolutely. I will I will do that ASAP. All right. Thanks, All right. Arden. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. That was great. I liked Arden a lot. I did too. I was like there. I was on the pier like watching like a Segway, you know, kick I, someone out on a Segway. Yeah, I was already into the pilot. I was like look, I, finding the characters in my head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That I was great. It. You great. gave such good advice. You're so good. I need your like book recommendations. You've mentioned a couple books throughout this. No, I do this. have some, yeah. So you're, I'll have to get those so I can like write about it on this. Thank Absolutely. you so much you're for very being welcome. here. I love you. You're very, you're so good. Oh, thank you. She is. She's so good, right? Brian's favorite episode. <laughs> Brian's banging his head against the wall now. They're all my favorite episodes. Oh, that was sweet. Until I have to edit them. Then I hate all of them. <laughs> no. I don't think there's too much editing on this no, one. No, I'm kidding. Where can people find you? Uh, I'm on all social media at Philanthropy Gal, because no one can spell my name right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, listen to my podcast, Guys, We Fucked, the anti-slut shaming podcast, which is new episodes exclusively on Luminary, uh, but uh, old episodes uh, everywhere that you listen to podcasts, the archive, almost like six years of archive. And then my new podcast, Without a Country with Joe DeRosa, if you're a little less into sex, and more into politics and cancel culture and things like that. That's uh, everywhere that you listen to podcasts and also video of the live show is available on YouTube. Cool. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And you can find me at Anna Roisman, obviously. And also you can find the podcast. We got a lot of Twitter followers yesterday, which was pretty cool. At Unemployed PDCST. You know, we're doing that whole Tinder thing, no vowels, because that's all I could get. Cute. Uh, thank you. Guys, uh, listen to the rest of these episodes. Subscribe, rate, review. It helps, right? Does that help? This is yeah. still very new. This is like episode like 16. So. Yeah. Rating and reviewing really helps. Great. Thank you. Brian, how was this ending? Rate, rate my ending. Uh, it's good. Uh, I, I would just add, uh, tell all your friends to to subscribe as oh. well. Oh, wow. Because that works, right? But, okay. Word tell of it. mouth. Word yeah. of mouth. Word of yeah. mouth. Yeah, tell them. Tweet them. Out of TikTok them. Do it. That sounded like an old person. All right, TikTok I got to get the fuck out of here. Bye. <laughs>
Hey, it's Anna, and guess what? I am going to shout out my favorite patrons. Oh, they've donated to the Patreon. You know what? They're getting a special shout out. I got a lot of love right now for Eric Lang, John Ediger, Scott Menke, and Vic. Thank you so much for supporting an unemployed gal with an unemployed podcast. It means the world to me. And hey, guess what? If you want to get a shout out on the show and, you know, all my love, or we have other rewards, we're going to do AMAs. I've got video chats lined up. You can check out all of that at the Patreon, patreon.com slash unemployed with Anna. And check it out. Donate a couple bucks. And uh, you know what? We'll all be best friends.